0: Welcome to the 63rd episode of In the Vitrine. This is Danny. And this is Nadia. And today uh. <laughs> we'll be talking about some highlights, sartorial highlights from the Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I must admit, I haven't been really following the Olympics. I used to, as a kid, I used to
0: really love
1: two events gymnastics and diving. Okay. What about you? What did you like?
0: Um, well, I, I always liked the very like um, like the sprinting and track events just because they're like so fast and you really have to be like on the spot. But when I was mm-hmm. younger, I was also in the um, under 16 uh, national hockey team. and I actually have what? some friends <laughs> yeah. and I actually yeah. have some friends well acquaintances from that time that are actually in to- were actually in Tokyo as like official umpires so that was quite cool to have like a first degree. Mm-hmm linked to the Tokyo Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so what have you been looking at for the Tokyo Olympics this time around?
0: Well, I guess one of, I mean, hands down the most fashionable um, occurrence that has happened from the Olympics. It's the design of the Librarian um, Olympic uniforms by Telfer. Mm. So mm-hmm. Trofar is um, an American brand, but of like a diasporic librarian identity. Yeah. And I mean, the story is great, right? Like the story of like this like designer who like is designing for his um, diasporic country. Um, yeah. But beyond that, the actual garments are super, super, not only functional, but super cool. Like there's this, he put the man in this um, kind of like one-shouldered, lycra tops, and they are super graphic, they are in the colors of the librarian flag, and for some of the looks that are not, because uh, they, they have to have different, when, when designers design for Olympians, they have to think of different scenarios that they will be in, not mm. just the performance sport part of it, but also like the init, uh, the ceremonies and stuff, and so he created these different uh, looks that actually had a lot of, um inspiration from traditional um, African garments. Like there, there's all these tunics, they're very genderless. There's this uh, reference to the African Lapa, which is a colorful skirt or dress that wraps around the, weather, the wearer. And you can see that tied up on some of the sportsmen. Um, and it all, and, and you have to think about different sizes, heights, uh, shapes. So it's yes. really quite a feat. And it just looks so cool and so fashionable that um, I really think they're one of the gold medalists for uniform design.
1: Well, they should give out that award, right? I mean, I mean, they give out awards for all the events. They should give out an award for like the best uniform, I think. Um, but of course, it's all tied up with national pride as well. Yes. And I thought that when you sent me that... And then I looked at all the others, you know, the, the ones that are very um, run-of-the-mill or like, you know, the, the usual suspects, let's say like Ralph Lauren for the American team. It just feels so done. And I really like the fact that Talfa did a great job. I think because it mattered so much, right, that this was an opportunity they had to seize and they wanted to put it out on a global stage. Um, so it was really nice to see that. Uh, opportunity manifests in such a beautiful way and of course you're right it's not just about like the initiate initiation or the event itself but also I guess things like warming up or cooling yeah. down um you know how do you make something functional and yet look aesthetically pleasing and yet still also fulfill the function of representing a nation well so it's it's the a lot to ask. think
0: about yeah <laughs> and yeah. I mean, the whole idea of like Nationaliz- nationality and nationalism is so complex as well and it's one mm. of the reasons why some people don't support the Olympics because they find it's like a nationalistic state uh, na- nation building narrative um, thing uh, but there's this very interesting team that has been born in the last few years which is the refugee Olympic team which mm-hmm. brings the question the idea of like what if you are like what state do you represent when you're a refugee and they are so a lot of the refugee olympians are like they're almost like spokespersons for this like refugee crisis that we're going through
1: yes yeah oh well i mean i was also thinking about you know how do you then create a uniform for to represent the refugees and actually this is a question that we can even ask of like how do you represent the nation Mm. with a uniform right because To be honest, most nations are, I mean, all nations, I think, are multicultural, um, you know, with like different diversity, different backgrounds for the athletes. So how do you represent that? Um, I thought it was really interesting to read. Well, I sort of caught up with the readings I told you before this podcast episode, because I think you've been following um, the Olympics much more closely than I have. But I was reading a Forbes article about the uniforms this year. And I like reading about how Kazakhstan's um, designs were created together with the team. So, you know, yeah, so I I thought that was a really good collaborative process because I'm also thinking like on the ground level, um, there must be athletes who get really annoyed with what is, you know, designed for them. Maybe it's something that doesn't really suit them or, you know, isn't very functional or isn't great for performance, right? Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about how as an athlete, you, you don't rehearse, you practice, but there's also an element of rehearsal in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe you,
1: you want to wear something that you have been wearing for a long time just because it feels like a second skin, it feels comfortable, it, yes. you know you know exactly how it functions so you can um, perform your best in it. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, how early do they get these uniforms and whether they get to practice in them before yeah. they have to go out Um, to perform
0: and also the idea of like the magical aspect of clothing right so like your lucky shoe your lucky this Mm. um yeah that's true that would be interesting to to find out more about
1: but breaking in a pair of shoes right so it molds your feet better that kind of thing yeah
0: exactly and um and the olympics is such a great time for like brands to kind of push out and um, yeah. especially activewear or sports brands to kind of make available what they give to superhumans, the athletes, um, to, to us mere mortals. <laughs> yes.
1: Isn't that what TAPA is doing, right? They're like dropping a line um, of what they are giving to the athletes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. guessing that will do very well um, yeah. because if yeah. it's good enough for these super athletes, it must be good enough for like us mere mortals. <laughs> um, and on that note, I guess, You know, I was really intrigued by the skims um, undergarments that was given to the American team, right? Mm. And I don't know how accurate this is, but in the same Fox article that I'm referring to, um, apparently Kim Kardashian said that, "Well, you know, I was raised by an Olympian, so you know, it's always been something very close to me." I don't know. That just was (laughs) quite amusing, but of course that's true, right? But it's just somehow amusing to to read about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there was a bit of controversy. I mean, there were a lot of different themes that were brought up during the Olympics, things like mental health, uh, marijuana usage. Uh, For example, Mm -hmm. one of the most loved track stars, Shakari Richardson from the US, was not allowed to compete because they found some dope, uh, sorry, some dope, some like uh, marijuana in her. Uh, bloodstream or something like that and it's not necessarily doping for performance but it's more of like this kind of uh, recreational drugs but anyway the Mm -hmm. very interesting thing about Shakari Richardson is that she is black and she like wears it with pride so it's not necessarily the uniform but it's the styling so she wears this she's like super fast and she's wearing these super cool wigs and different colors and she keeps her nails Mm -hmm. really long and um does different kind of um nail art and wears accessories and she just proves that you don't have there isn't a certain look for an olympian um and um apparently there there is uh, a precedent to to her and that's uh flojo as she was known another like uh track star who Mm -hmm. was also known for this wild style on the track field and it's just so cool to see how um people are breaking what, what is expected of an um, on Olymp- on Olympian, or there is no yeah. certain look to it.
1: Yeah, like, why not, right? I mean, I'm guessing people will be like, the nails are not very um, conducive, oh, right, or like, you know, like, <laughs> good for you to, like, what if you break it, or whatever it is, but if it makes her happy, right, if it expresses her identity, and I'm guessing, I think this also helps them to feel more like themselves or feel stronger because they're expressing their identity or gives them more fans because that's interesting. Oh, I wanted to talk also about the person who was knitting. Do oh, you know yes. who that is? Okay, yes. we should uh, find the name because okay. now I'm talking about it in like abstract. I just thought it was so endearing to see this person knitting to keep calm. From um, uh, daily but-
0: from the UK. And um, yeah. uh, he just unveiled the final sweater. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's really nice. You
1: know, I also like that because it's, um I don't know, fashion as meditation or as relaxation. Um, and again, that I, mean, I was reminded of that because you said, well, it is kind of bashing the conventional notions of, of what an Olympian is. And if we think about like, okay, you know, um, not just male stereotype, but like Olympian stereotype, like putting that together and then looking at this person knitting that just seems like, <laughs> oh, I am a moment to compute that. Um, so I also really like that he does that. But of course, he doesn't do it because he's making a statement. He just does it because it's relaxing for me, he enjoys it. Yeah, and that's nice. Yeah, free to be you and me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I guess mm. the, the one last thing I just wanted to give a shout out to was to young Olympians. So for the first time in Tokyo, they had the, there's a new category for skateboarding. And a 13-year-old won oh, yes. uh, that, and her name is Momiji Nishiya. Um, right. And I guess for skateboard- the youngest woman or
1: female to win, right?
0: Yeah, and um, also it's just this idea of like, you know, uh, sports are constantly being added and removed from the Olympics. And to have skateboarding, which is also so entrenched with urban culture and and then I mean even the uniform she's wearing is so cool it's got like this cool print um just mm. makes for a very interesting like merging of of um, things and imagine being 13 years old and winning your first olympic medal where, where do you go, go from that <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, but that's a good thing to think about because it's like, it's not just, again, not just about the nation and national representation, but also like within each sport, there's a certain kind of look to the uniforms or to the outfits that you would wear. And so that's very interesting to look at um on like a global stage, right? Because I'm always fascinated when I was watching gymnastics, how they were always kind of wearing the same version um or other versions of the same look, right? Like the leotard, the sparkly bits, that peekaboo effect, you know, and it all adds to the performative aspect of the sport. So yeah, and I mean, we haven't even talked about like the body, you know, like how the bodies also look different for different sports, like some sports, if let's say you're a swimmer, you'll have like a a stronger shoulder, right? And like that um, upside down triangle look. So again, you know, It's about like understanding these spots also through the body, not just in terms of what they wear, but also, you know, how they look um, as disciplined by exercise. But I'm aware that time is running out for our IGTV episode. So I guess we can say goodbye now. Um, Uniforms are always very fascinating to talk about, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it more after we end this podcast episode. Bye. Bye! Thank you for listening and watching. Yes.